This is U.S. History in Five Minutes or Less, a podcast for my eighth grade social studies students or anyone else who's interested in a quick summary of U.S. history. Episode 15, The Siege of Boston. When we left off last time, the Americans had defeated the British at the Battle of Concord. The British were forced to retreat back to Boston. Along the way, Americans harassed and ambushed the British soldiers. By the time they had reached Boston, the British had suffered over 200 casualties, including 73 killed. What had started as a raid on a cache of weapons had turned into something far different. At the time, Boston was connected to the rest of Massachusetts by a narrow piece of land. When the British reached Boston, the Americans blocked this piece of land, making it impossible for the British to leave Boston by land. While the British did still have access to supplies and reinforcements by sea, being entrapped in Boston was a bad position to be in. In addition, there were hills on land that were very close to Boston, and both sides tried to take control of these positions. The Americans would keep the British trapped in Boston, an event called the Siege of Boston. The Americans had rapidly assembled a force of over 15,000 men. Most of these men were militia, not trained soldiers, but it was an incredibly large force under the circumstances. By contrast, the British had only about 10,000. Meanwhile, as often happens, politicians had to rush to keep up with military actions. Last time I discussed the First Continental Congress. One of the decisions that Congress made was to convene another meeting in 1775. When the Congress convened in May of 1775, the war had already started. The Congress attempted to restore peace by sending the Olive Branch Petition to the British government. The petition asked the British to respect colonists' rights. In return, the colonists would stop the fighting. But the Congress also prepared for war by creating the Continental Army, and they chose George Washington to lead the army. The Congress would become the de facto government of the United States, the first national government for the country. It included many of the most famous early American leaders, such as Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams. After being chosen by the Congress to lead the army, Washington headed to Boston to take charge. While there, Washington had to wrestle with myriad difficulties. Some militiamen enlisted for short periods of time and fully intended to go home when their terms expired. There was never enough money to pay the soldiers. Military equipment, especially cannons, were very hard to acquire, and volunteer soldiers fighting for freedom weren't always responsive to being commanded. The fact that Washington succeeded shows how gifted a commander he was. The British decided to expand their perimeter by capturing Bunker Hill and Breed's Hill, two ridges in the area surrounding Boston. Because the British underestimated the willingness to fight of the Americans, they simply launched a frontal assault. When it failed, they did it again, and then a third time. On the third try, the British did succeed, but they suffered at very heavy losses. So the Battle of Bunker Hill was a Pyrrhic victory for the British. While the Siege of Boston was getting underway, the Americans eyed another target, Fort Ticonderoga on Lake Champlain in northern New York. The fort was in a strategic location between the 13 colonies in Canada. It also had a large supply of artillery, something the Americans desperately needed. The states of Massachusetts and Connecticut authorized raising forces to take the fort, with Massachusetts naming Benedict Arnold the commander of the force. At the same time, Ethan Allen and his Green Mountain Boys began to prepare to attack the fort themselves. Eventually, the disparate forces came together, but disagreements over who was to command the force led to hostility between Arnold and Allen. The American forces launched their attack on May 10th. It was a small attack, only about 80 men strong, but they completely surprised the British. The Americans literally woke many of the British up after they'd entered the fort. It was a virtually bloodless success. Only one soldier was injured. News of the capture proved to be a huge morale boost to the Americans. Almost as soon as the capture was completed, Arnold and Allen began a war of words over who deserved credit for the attack. 
For a variety of reasons, Allen's version of the event was widely accepted as true. Arnold tried to spread his version, but he was too late. Most people regarded Allen as the hero. This is the first time that Arnold was denied credit he felt he deserved, and it certainly wouldn't be the last time. The great prize of Ticonderoga were the cannons. Washington badly wanted cannons to help break the siege of Boston, but Ticonderoga was quite far from Boston, and the terrain between the two was very rough. The young Henry Knox devised a plan to transport the cannons, so Washington dispatched him to Ticonderoga. And in an incredible feat of logistics, Knox transported the cannons in the middle of winter, up and down mountains and across rivers. Washington acted quickly. In early March, during the night, he installed the cannons on Dorchester Heights, which had a commanding view of the city of Boston. When the British woke and saw the cannons, they knew they were in a terrible position. Cannons on Dorchester Heights could do serious damage to the city, as well as the ships in the harbor. British commander Howe considered attacking the heights, but instead opted to retreat so as to save the army for another day. The Americans agreed to let the British leave peacefully in exchange for a promise not to burn the city. On March 17th of 1776, the British sailed for Canada. The siege was over and the Americans had won. The end of the siege of Boston led to a short period of little activity in the war. The British needed to regroup and reinforce, and the Americans took the time to prepare for more fighting. Next time, we'll look at what else was going on in 1776, including a little thing called the Declaration of Independence, and George Washington almost losing the war. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at ushistoryin5 at gmail.com. Today's musical intro is Yankee Doodle as performed by the Victor Band, downloaded from the Internet Archive.